Located at the top of Wisconsin, Bayfield County is considered by many of the locals to be the wild side of the dairy state. This is a place of majestic beauty with national treasures that include the Apostle Islands, the natural wonders of its sea caves, and rugged sandstone cliffs that frame the clear waters of Lake Superior. This is Bayfield County Wild. Welcome to the new year. I'm Nancy Christopher, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mary Motif, Director of Bayfield County Tourism. Hello there, Nancy. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? You know I did. I am going to clean off my desk and start using my standing desk again. How about you, Nancy? (laughs) I don't like (laughs) resolutions. I really don't. But Trip Savvy says spending more time with friends and families is the number one resolution that people make. And very close behind it, the number two spot is getting fit. And today we're going to have a number of ways to get in shape, the Bayfield County way. And that means getting outdoors. So what do you recommend, Mary? Well, one of the great things about Bayfield County is all of the public land that we have up here. And that means great trails. So we have nine separate cross-country trail systems just in Bayfield County. And those are all groomed trail systems. And then we have 38 hiking trails, which actually in the wintertime make great snowshoe trails because they're all marked trails you know, snowshoeing, you don't have to be on a trail necessarily. You can just kind of go out into the national forest or the county forest. But it's nice to have some markings to know where you are along the way. So exactly. Great way to utilize the hiking trails in the wintertime. And then, of course, we have 600 miles of groomed snowmobile trails, which wow. even though you don't think of that as an activity to get fit, it actually is an outdoor activity that requires you to get out and expend some energy. And it's a lot of fun. And then we have hundreds of miles of ungroomed forest roads, which are used for all different things, whether it's fat biking or snowmobiling or backcountry skiing or getting out and exploring. And you know, one of the best outdoor recreation areas in the county is Mount Ashwa Bay. Tell us all the things that you can do there because there's a lot. Yeah, you know, Mount Ashwa Bay is a really, really cool and special place. It has a chalet, which is, you know, kind of where you settle in and get your equipment on and there are fireplaces in that building and then there's a grill where they serve everything from breakfast to hot cocoa and burgers and all the kids go up and get french fries and you know <laughs> and then from there there's um, downhill skiing there's cross-country skiing um, there's snowshoeing and ski joring and then a big tubing hill so it kind of runs the gamut you can almost do everything there Now, ski joring is a new word for me. What exactly is that? So it's where you have a dog hooked up to your skis um, and the dog pulls you on your skis. Now, I've never done this. I only have seen pictures of people doing it. But there's a specific trail devoted to ski joring out at Mount Ashwa Bay. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people who have have dogs and like to ski, it, it goes together and it's a fun way to get out there and spend time with your pup. Yeah, I have two big dogs. They'd be great at that. (laughs) Now you just have to learn how to ski. Yeah, no, I know how to ski. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the ski hills like out there and how many cross-country trails are available? Sure. There's a chairlift to the top of the hill. There's 13 runs total. Some are more difficult than others. And then there's a bunny hill that has a tow rope. Um, So that's a safe place to learn how to ski for little ones or bigger ones. (laughs) I learned as an adult. Although I found the the tow rope can be dangerous. Well, you know, yeah, you do have to hang on. Yes. (laughs) 
And then there is a little terrain park, too, on the hill. There's 40 kilometers of cross-country trails, which equals to about 25 miles. Wow. Um, So it's a really extensive cross-country trail system. And there's all different levels of skiing there. So if you talk to someone at the hill about the type of experience that you're looking for, they'll kind of let you know the best route, you know, where there's going to be hills or flat areas, you know, where's more scenic, all different things. Well, the whole thing is scenic. It's a really pretty setting. Describe the view for us. Sure. So when you're at the top of the hill, it's it's worth actually taking the chairlift up, even if you're not skiing, so that you can see the view. It's it's a view of Lake Superior, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. So on a clear day... You can um, see forever, right? <laughs> you can. It's really, it's it's just incredible. And, and that's why it's popular even in the summertime. You know, people will hike up the trails um, and up the hill to the top because it is such a beautiful view and it's a, it's a nice reward for making it to the top of the hill. It's not a big mountain, at least not compared to Colorado. But when you go out to Breckenridge, you will pay as much as $120 or more a day for lift tickets. Right. But Mount Ashwood Bay is very affordable, right? It absolutely is. And that's the beauty of having um, a ski hill here in northern Wisconsin. It is very affordable. It's $24 for a full day lift ticket. And yeah. then youth, youth and seniors are even less than that. It's $18. That's and then great. five and under are now free. Oh, nice. So, you know, when you have little ones and you want to, you know, you're teaching them how to ski and getting them acclimated, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money for them when they're not really getting full use. And it's good to start them early. They can learn anything at five. Oh, absolutely. Two and three-year-olds are out there learning how to ski all the time. A lot of times you see them with those little harnesses, you know, connected to their yeah, parents. It's so cute. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a very affordable. And yeah, don't expect a, a huge mountain. I want to say it's like 318 feet or something. You know? Right. But it's a lot of fun. And you can just go up and down as many times as you want. Exactly. So I also noticed on the website that the folks at the ski resort are in the middle of a history project. Can you tell us anything about that? So Mount Ashwabay is run by the Ashwabay Outdoor Education Foundation. So it's run by a nonprofit organization. And there's a tremendous amount of history there. And they're trying to collect information from anyone who's had any connections to the ski hill over the years. Just to kind of put that together and, yeah, and celebrate it and collect that information. Um, I can tell you my mother-in-law was on the first ever ski team at Mount Ashwabay. And they actually have a picture on the wall of that very first ski team. Oh, Um, (laughs) So that was the beginning of the collection, I guess. And, That's and great. Building it. Yeah, it, yeah. So, if cool. people have a story to share, how can they get involved? They can contact the director at Mount Ashwa Bay. You can do that through the website. Um, there's a way to get in touch through the website, which is mountashwabay.org, or you can just give the ski hill a call. Either way. So, I would just recommend starting at their website. Great. Okay. So, if you're looking for more ways to burn calories, I mean, Mount Ashwa Bay is one place to start, but stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to learn all about fat biking, so don't go away. If you're willing to adventure off the beaten path for a great food experience, you will not want to miss the Delta Diner while exploring Bayfield County. The Delta Diner is a classic 1940s diner with great food and out-of-this-world service. Friday through Sunday, the menu consists of breakfast, blue plates, and specialty sandwiches. Mondays are burgers only, but these aren't just any burgers. They're in-house ground steak burgers. Pair that with a Purple Door Malter shake, and there's really nothing better. Take a drive through the National Forest to discover this oasis of umame. More at DeltaDiner.com and on the Delta Diner Facebook page. 
Voted the number one snowmobile resort in the nation six times by Snowgoer Magazine, Lakewoods Resort in Cable, Wisconsin is next to more than 600 miles of super-groomed trails in Bayfield County. You can ride for a week and never cross your tracks. Lakewoods Resort offers a full-service snowmobile shop with light repairs, gas and oil, and Polaris snowmobile rentals. You can also enjoy cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, ice skating, or ice fishing right outside your door on Lake Namakagan. Lakewoods Resort has a variety of accommodations from beautiful lodge rooms to condos, villas, and lake homes. Check them all out online at lakewoodsresort.com and let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Welcome back to Bayfield County Wild. You know, fat biking is growing in popularity, especially up here in Bayfield County. Our guests today are avid fat bikers and are dedicated to creating and maintaining fat bike trails in our county. Please welcome John Murphy and Joe Groshek. Let's start by telling a little bit about yourselves, guys. John, let's start with you. Yeah, well, I'm a newbie up here, being that I've only stayed up here about eight years now. I was originally from uh, Racine, Wisconsin, ended up in Michigan. I was uh, involved in law enforcement down in Texas and like to stay active, and I like it a little bit on the dangerous side. And so up here along the Lake Superior, there's plenty of danger and thrills (laughs) and adrenaline. And Joe, what about you? Well, I've lived up here about 40 years. Um, my wife and I moved up here from central Wisconsin. She's a Wausau resident, and I'm from Stevens Point. And basically, it's just been a great place to be for the last 40 years. I've been involved in sports and silent sports advocacy for that time. It's been a great opportunity for me to do that. I was one of the co-founders of a previous silent sports organization, which was called BASA, Bay Area Active Sports Alliance. And since then, I've just kind of redirected myself into our bicycling organization, which is called North Coast Cycling Association. And didn't you found the uh, Superior Vistas Bike Tour also? (laughs) Yes, I did, with other folks, of course. Sure. But yes, that's another thing which is really booming. It's called Superior Vista Bike Tour. It happens every third weekend of June. This week, this year it's June 22nd, and it's a great tour. We go out from the city of Washburn and go out into the hinterland and bike in many different ways and many different routes, many different distances, and it's a really great opportunity for people to get out and bike. So it's obvious you and John are both avid bikers. You know what you're talking about. For our listeners who don't know, what exactly is fat biking? I can take that one since I was the first one in the little group here that uh, started buying and riding fat biking. So a lot of people get confused with mountain biking because they, they of course, have a fatter tire. But basically any bike that has a tire that's four inches or greater in width is considered a fat bike. How fat is a mountain bike? A mountain bike will be less than that. They'll get up, they can get up to about three inches wide. Okay. Um, and so what happens... With a, a fat bike, basically, is two things. You have the displacement, so you can go on to softer materials like sand or snow. Of course, and that's why wintertime, they're so nice. And then, being that the tire is so big that the, the inflation or the PSI, the pressure in the tire, is so low that it actually can take the bumps and limbs and the stuff that you go over with. So it acts as a shock absorber. So most of the fat bikes are uh, minimum hardtail. Most of them don't have any shocks at all because the tires are what takes the shock. Why do you think it's so popular these days? Well, I think at this day and age, we're simplifying things. Instead of having a road bike and having a gravel bike and having a mountain bike and having a fat bike, you know, a bike for every season and a surface, a fat bike you can own year-round 
and you can write it anywhere. If you have a line of sight, you can write it anywhere you want. And so be it you're on snow, you're on sand, and we have a lot of sand up here. This is a lot of the forest roads that we ride on. You get a lot of sand. It's soft. We even pass cars that are stuck in the sand. We ride right by them. And so what it does is you have one bike, you can ride it year-round, and you can go anywhere with it. The disadvantage with the fat bike is because it's heavier with the larger tires, you just don't go as fast. But you know what that makes you do? That makes you look around and enjoy where you're at. Wonderful. Now, John, you're a fitness expert. How can fat biking make you fitter? Well, for that very reason, being it's a larger bike, you have to pedal a little bit harder. <laughs> and then, of course, when you get into the snow or anything that uh, or sand where you got more resistance, and then you have to push the pedals a little bit harder. So basically, there's a saying going, if you know, you tell a road biker, yeah, I went and rode 10 miles today on my fat bike, the, the road biker looks at you, yeah, then what did you do? Because <laughs> for them, you know, a, a workout is about 70 miles. And so the rule is one mile of fat biking equals about 15 miles of road biking. <laughs> Does it really? Just about, yeah. Because it, of that difference in be, resistance. Yeah, the weight. Because you're not on a hard road you're on you know snow or sand and so yeah there's more resistance but you can climb anything that's geared the bikes are geared real easy we have taken people out there on the lake on the ice 80 years old 85 years old and they come back and these are grandmas and they're saying i'm going to buy me a mountain bike <laughs> or a fat bike i'm sorry a fat bike so uh, yeah it's good it's a good experience because a lot of people they see the bike it looks almost like a motorcycle because it's so big but when they get on it and they realize how easy it is to pedal they're sold very cool joe since we're talking about distance tell us about the fat bike safaris that you're involved in we've been doing them for about four years now and i got involved in it because it was something that i kind of needed myself i was i had an injury a shoulder injury and john said well you know try this because you can't ski, so let's try the fat, fat bikes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we started kind of out on the ice. And even though that's not the only place we go with fat bikes, that to me was absolutely the thing that hooked me entirely. Being out on the ice on Lake Superior on a fat bike is just unbelievable. Un, it's undescribable. You're in a, on an expanse that you've never been on before, and you're on this vehicle that you can move on. You're in the elements that you You'd never be in in any other circumstance. And so I was immediately hooked. And so even though that was one experience with fat bike safaris, that is something we try to emulate and and repeat with the safaris that we do do when the ice is good, of course. We also go on other places and other roads, other trails, things like that. And it's just great. Uh, we did a safari a couple of weeks ago and we started at the uh, beach, which was on the lake, and we went out into the county forest and... Um, Actually, I'm going to stop there because I think John can probably describe that particular safari with the wolves a little bit more clearly. Oh, my. John, as the organizer, what can you tell us about the safaris? Everybody that comes into Bayfield, they're fearful, but they're amazed, and then they fall in love with that ice out there. And so there's a learning curve in understanding what's good ice, what's bad ice, that whole thing, you know, the fear you're going to break through and, you you know, drown from being exposed to the cold and then basically drowning. You know, and that so, is a legitimate fear. It is legitimate. <laughs> but, you know, like anything else, like even driving, you know, it's it's education. And it's up to uh, the DNR. It's up to the locals to educate people 
And I think that's why the bike safari was so critical because there's so many people that wanted to ride, but they felt safer in a group and with somebody that had a little bit of experience. And of course, I carry all kinds of safety equipment uh, when we're out there on the ice. I think my bike ends up weighing about 50 pounds with all the gear I have on it. (laughs) Hot hands, throw rope, ice anchors, ice picks, you name it. Everybody that's in my group, I'm responsible for them, so I kind of watch them closely. But uh, they all have a great time. There's some great stories. Being on Lake Superior, Lake Superior's Lake Superior. She decides when the weather's going to be bad or good. I even have to carry a GPS on the handlebars because we'll go out and go around one of the uh, Apostle Islands, come back, and it's a complete whiteout. You can't see where the ground is and where the sky starts or ends, and you don't know where you're going. So everybody has to huddle in a group, and the only thing I can do is look down at my GPS and follow my little screen telling me this is the way back to shore. Wow. It's really so, exciting and a little scary. <laughs> don't you think, yeah, Mary? <laughs> yeah. It's, and there it is. There's that police thing. That I, you know, everybody getting their adrenaline. But that's why it's nice to go out with someone like John and with Joe who have done this many times. Right. And you can, you can feel a little safer knowing that you're in good hands. Right. And it's part of that adventure. Yeah. We've only concept. lost about 50%. Stop right. it now. Right. <laughs> Their bones come up in about 12 yeah. years. Yeah. Great. Thanks. <laughs> what is this about wolves? Oh, uh, one of the rides we had, recent rides we have, I used to track wolves for the DNR count to, to keep track of uh, the different packs up here in, in Bayfield County. And so I'm always, the great thing about uh snow biking out there even on the ice although it's more difficult because the winds cover tracks real quick but you see a whole plethora of uh, wildlife via their tracks and uh, I can recognize a wolf pack and we had we came up on uh, five to six that were in a group and we followed those tracks for about four miles not uh, 10 minutes from here where we're at now and it was just cool because you can see them break off the females they do the marking which is interesting a lot of people don't know that but the female may be the only wolf that actually lifts her leg to mark like a male dog does (laughs) the rest of the male dog uh, wolves squat interesting i did not know that lifting leg is an indication of uh, dominance and so the alpha female that runs the pack will be the only one lifting her leg that's right and so now you know what you need to do ladies out there (laughs) no i'm not doing that (laughs) but then but but then what about the alpha male an alpha male would be the second uh, exception where he would also lift the leg and so you will see these markings as you go down the trail and then you see where they will break off they'll pair up or whatever and they come back and when they do you'll see where the snow has been packed where they roll around because it's a re-greet again and so they all roll around and they're all happy to see each other basically when you come home and your dog greets you it's the same mannerisms that the wolf pack does so there's this excitement and the tail wagging and rolling around in the snow nothing beyond that right it's the same way when i see my bike i roll around the snow and my tail (laughs) wags but don't lift your leg right no i don't lift my leg have you actually seen the wolf i've only seen one wolf now it's going on three years of uh part-time tracking but they're very difficult to see which is good for them and good for man because you know a lot of people are thinking they're a threat or they're fearful of them and you rarely rarely see them they're very cautious they don't want anything to do with uh, any human activity so they keep their distance so you talked about the ice what about the fat biking trails in bayfield county what are they like well the great thing about fat biking, we don't have to have trails during the summertime because be it a forest road, be it a logging road, or an existing uh, mountain bike trail, the bikes are all good. 
because they can take anything. They can go on anything. What we're doing in regards to trails specifically for fat biking is wintertime. And, and that's when the fat bikes get popular. It gets cold up here. We get a lot of snow. You have to embrace winter. And that means don't get caught up where you get comfortable sitting at home, looking at your computer or TV, because you're going to be miserable. you got to get out there and embrace. From downhill skiing, cross-country skiing, we backcountry ski, snowshoe, and now you even have fat biking. So with fat biking, the problem is, is once that snow gets about four to five inches deep, it's not packed down hard enough and it's too difficult for a lot of people to ride on the snow. So what we'll do is we basically drag something as simple as about a 28 inch wide tire behind either a snowmobile or a two-wheel drive Rocon, which is like a two-wheel drive mini bike with real fat tires. And this is what we do throughout uh, Bayfield County, or we show people how to do it, and they set up these winter bike trails. Can't have a trail for every different type of vehicle out there. So with fat biking trails, the backcountry skiers love our trails. And we love the snowshoers. The snowshoers pack down that snow, makes it nice and hard for the bikers, and the grooming the snowshoers like because I like to have a semi-groomed trail that they can follow and walk on. So basically, whenever we do a fat bike trail, gives an opportunity for your backcountry skiers and also for your snowshoers. So three disciplines are getting satisfied with one trail. That's great. And what are you doing this winter that helps promote fat biking? We are doing quite a bit. Actually, and I wanted to piggyback on what John said a little bit because sure. that is one of the events that we're going to be doing. We're entering our second year, which is great, an agreement with the Forest Service here who has a basically a winter sports area, which is called Mount Valhalla Winter Sports Area. So they approached us last year specifically about what John has been talking about. They wanted to put in, in their cross-country trail system, a mixed-use trail. And that's exactly what John was saying, a trail that would accommodate not just bikers, but also snowshoers and backcountry skiing. So there are some trails in the system that they have that they've designated to be mixed-use or shared trails. On one side, the groomers, John and the crew that we have from NCCA, have basically groomed one half of the trail for classic skiing, diagonal skiing. The other half of the trail is being groomed for basically biking, snowshoeing, and backcountry skiing. So it's a wonderful opportunity for everyone to share the trails together. So we've had one incredibly successful year in doing that. I've just actually scheduled an event today with the Forest Service. We're going to have a all-winter sports fun day at Mount Valhalla coming up, I think, the 2nd of February. That's my birthday, by the way. Well, that's why we're holding it that day, by the way, so you know. Exactly. Thank you. We'll see you there. And birthday we'll, cake will be and waiting. we'll have a cake for you, I'm sure. Thank and you so you'll much. En- you'll enjoy it. But anyway, it's all winter sports. It's not just silent sports. We have invited um, the snowmobilers who came last year, who enjoyed the party with us. And that is really kind of the crux of this particular process because we are including other sports with the silent sports. And that really is the way that we almost have to start looking in order to retain these areas, in order to get the cooperation and the continuous 
full use of them in, so that they are continuously funded. And out of any place, that is the perfect place for that because there are so many motorized trails and non-motorized trails that all kind of come together at Valhalla there. And there's a really cool old chalet building with a fire pit inside. Mm-hmm. And then it has a wood-burning stove so you can hang up your mittens and uh, you know stuff to dry by the fire. And you can roast hot dogs over the fire. And, and then there's a big sledding hill just out back of that chalet. And so even if you don't do any of these things, anyone can come and sled down the hill. Right. Um, so right. bring your sled. But yeah, right. It's, it's a great place. So it's great. So it's going to be for all sports, motorized, non-motorized. And it's just a great mixer for everybody to come together and kind of work toward the same goal, which is basically having this great winter sports area right here in our community. You mentioned there's going to be a lot of events going on this winter. So where's the best way to learn about fat biking activities and events? Well, of course, through Mary's office, which is the Bayfield County Tourism Department. Our website, which is northcoastcycling.com, has all these events listed. And we have a Facebook page, which is much more current. So that could be a good place to check. We have an event that's coming up on February 17th, which is called Bike Across the Bay. And it's really going to be a fun event. Is this year two or year three? This is year four. four. And it it is on the Sunday, February 17th, after the event, which is called Book Across the Bay, which is on Saturday, the 16th of February. What we're trying to do this year, besides have the ride, which encompasses a race and a tour, there are many people that come up here to enjoy fat biking, like John described, that just want to get out to enjoy the beauty of the lake and the beauty of the incredible brownstone formations that we have along the shore of of the lake. Uh, This particular event is originated from Washburn on the lake. The event center is going to be actually the Harborview Event Center. So we're going to be using that as our base of operations. And either north of Washburn or south of Washburn, depending upon where you're going on the lake, it's just a beautiful, beautiful shoreline variety of brownstone cliffs and icicles and just everything. So it is a race, but it's also a tour for people that want to tour it. And so that's a really great event that's happening. We're trying to pump it up a little bit more this year. We are sponsoring a Ice is Nice. That's the name of the art (laughs) slash photography exhibit that we're putting on. And that's going to be also held at the um, Harborview Event Center. And the, the master goal, if it happens throughout the years as it builds, uh, we'd like to actually have it evolve into like an ice festival. As ice and cold and snow and everything seems to be receding at an incredibly fast rate, you know, this is really something we need to celebrate, especially in the North Country. And this is what we're about, and we're looking for an opportunity to showcase that to the rest of the state. Nice. The other kind of ice that's nice is the ice in your cocktail glass after the event. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be great. So that's what we're planning. Let me touch real quick so we can, on the listeners' minds, we can get an image what goes on here and why it's so popular. Some of the listeners out there might have heard about the ice caves out there that the National Park Service hosts. And basically what that is, and we have that all up and down from Washburn to all the way to the northern tip of the Bayfield County, is we have the brownstone cliffs that Joe was talking about. Coming out of the cliffs is uh, water, uh, water tables or springs. And of course, because they're underground, the temperature is about 50 degrees, and so the water runs year round. So as the water comes out and goes down these cliffs, it starts to freeze. So basically, these brownstone cliffs, which has these caves and recesses, they slowly get covered with ice. 
And so you have some of this ice will turn blue, some of it will be red, some of it be a, a, a yellow. So you'll have these rainbows of ice walls coming down the cliffs covering these caves. And so these people will ski, hike, ride their bikes, and literally walk into these ice castles. I always refer to like Superman's uh, home in the North Pole, his crystal house. Right. That's basically what you have going on up and down our shoreline here. And so it's really amazing. There's a lot of tours and people coming from all over to see these ice caves. Now, just to clarify, you can't ride your bike at the mainland caves out of Cornucopia near Myers yes. Beach. Yes. And, and but you can here out of Washburn. Exactly. And that's Mary's indicating that the National Park Service does not allow bikes along their property there on the ice. But that's a very small section. Unfortunately, everybody wants to go there thinking that's the only place the ice caves are. And this is what we've been trying to promote for numerous years that no, go to Washburn, go to Bayfield, just go any direction along the coast and there's tons of ice cliffs and caves. And the wow. nice thing is the ice only always freezes on Schwamigan Bay first yes first yes and that's where you see lots of ice fishermen out there and it's it's a more reliable place to come if you want to come and see the ice caves even if the mainland caves aren't accessible right you can come and see them exactly and and that's something Mary points out too that makes it pretty easy for the novice person if you see a 800 900 pound snowmobile go by you know that you're pretty safe on the ice as long as you stay where the snowmobile traffic is well, this right, is that's a good point. really great, you guys. I mean, you actually make winter, cold, snow, ice <laughs> sound fun and exciting. You know, I mean, that's, that's super. Thank you so much. Sure. It is fun. It is. Okay. So anybody out there not motivated enough yet to get off the couch and do something? Mary has some ideas when we come back, so stay with us. The Loon Saloon invites you to beautiful Lake Namakagan near Cable, Wisconsin, in scenic Bayfield County. The Loon Saloon Bar serves delicious homemade pizza, burgers, panini, chicken wraps, and appetizers. Our comfortable Northwoods Bar has docking on Lake Namakagan and is a popular stop for snowmobilers riding hundreds of miles of snowmobile trails in northern Wisconsin. Loon Saloon Bait Shop and Convenience Store on the shores of Lake Namakagan carries a full line of bait, tackle, groceries, off-sale, lake apparel, gifts, and wine. Join us for good times and great food. The Loon Saloon welcomes you to beautiful Lake Namakagan near Cable, Wisconsin. Enjoy one of the best homemade pizzas in the Northwoods or a full menu of burgers, panini, wraps, and appetizers. It's a great stop on the snowmobile trails and a hub for some of the best ice fishing in Bayfield County. The Loon Saloon has a bait shop and convenience store right on site to help you prepare for a perfect day on the lake. For great directions and all the upcoming events and specials, visit them at loonsaloon.com. Welcome back to Bayfield County Wild. Mary, we've talked about fat biking, skiing, tubing, snowboarding. Are there any other events happening this month that will get people moving? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Lots of events, as usual, going on up here in Bayfield County. We have, uh, right off the bat, we actually have the last week of uh, glass blowing demonstrations going on at Ulu Glass, which is just a a nice way to get out of the house without even needing to be too active if you just want to get out and do something fun. An annual event that happens at the Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center, which is really popular, is the Sleigh and Cutter Rally, and that's happening on January 12th. You can actually get free sleigh rides, and then costumed teams are just... And then they have concessions available, hot cocoa and all that good stuff. 
Oh, that sounds like fun. It is so fun. And, you know, the Visitor Center always has so many great things going on. So that's worth checking on. Middle of the month, Warren Nelson puts on a cabin fever reliever <laughs> performance at the Harborview Event Center. And then that's the same weekend as the Fish and Chicks Ice Fishing Contest in Iron River. Um, and that's really a fun event. Women only, sort of, you know, uh, yeah. it's for everyone, but um, it's a, a breast cancer fundraiser. And then Four Seasons Resort puts on an ice fishing tournament that same weekend. And it's the same weekend of the cross-country skiing junior national qualifiers down in Cable oh. on the Berkey Trailhead. So that's a that's a pretty major event. And it's really cool to come and watch that because to see these, you know, pretty elite uh, junior skiers, these are the ones who are competing to eventually get on the Olympic team. So there's some very high-level skiers. It's, it's really cool. Um, there's a Winter Fun Day, which is a new event at the Howell Adventure Center up in Bay. Field. There is a new event, the Washburn Winter Triathlon, which is cross-country skiing, fat biking, and snowshoe. Wow. We have all these new events this year. And then um, Redcliffe is doing their third annual winter powwow up at Legendary Waters Resort and Casino. And then to end the month, it's the full moon cross-country ski at Mount Ashwa Bay. Do we have to worry about the skiers when they're out there? No, the full moon? no. at the moon? No, it's really cool. It lights up the whole trail. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. So is there anything else we should be talking about? Let's see. The only other thing would be that we have some great resources, including more event information and trail maps and all sorts of fun things on our website. Um, And then our Facebook page has lots of great information and photos along with even a more comprehensive event list. And what are we talking about next month? So next month, we're talking about some ways to combat cabin fever. I thought we did that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't even have cabin fever yet. Now we're just embracing winter. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Then right, cabin right. fever sets in, and then we have to figure out how to deal with that. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to talk with Dee Dee Eccles from Eccles Pottery and Fine Craft Gallery. Thanks, Mary. I can't wait to hear more about that. And to everyone listening, if you like what you've heard, we'd love to have you share, review, and subscribe to Bayfield County Wild. If there's anything else you'd like to know about today's episode, we'll have all the links and resources available in our show notes. On behalf of Mary and myself, thank you for listening to Bayfield County Wild. Bye-bye.